Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to From the Bar. As always, top of the mic, this is Ife. Hi, guys, this is Olamide. Uh, welcome back to the bar. Um, I know welcome you guys back after us. a long absence, which, as per my usual, I'm going to throw Olamide under the bus and say it's his fault. Whether that's true or not, let's not let's not overanalyze. Okay, so I, I think Ife has given you guys a clue as to what who is really at fault, but yeah. Let's not overanalyze. But yeah, um, happy new year, guys. Um, I think exactly. We're... It's still January, so we can still say new year. Happy new year, everyone. Yeah. New year, new us would try to uh, <laughs> release podcasts. Uh, new year, more consistent <laughs> us. Is that it? Yeah. Well, hopefully, let's see how that goes. A new year, more consistent us. But you know, keep encouraging us, guys, by just listening yeah. and commenting. Like, we really appreciate it. But yes. Yeah. From the bar 2023, so Olamide, kick us off. Tell us where you are. So, guys, Olamide is not in Nigeria. He's not a lowly Nigeria like the rest of us again. He has now Japan. So, please, Olamide, tell us about this, your Japan, this, your route to LLM yeah. that you have going on. I think if I is even more um, excited about my Japan than I am, because it's like the third time she's mentioning it in like hey. three successive episodes. Or maybe I'm just I've sad. Been, yeah, well, yeah, you should No, this actually. is the first. This is the first post Japa episode. All of those were pre Japa. This is yes. post Japa. Yeah, well, yeah, you should be sad now. I might know your um how do I put it? Your guy. Oh my now god. Alamde is my work husband. I don't know why he's now <laughs> denying me. He's now minimizing our relationship. You know, yes, you know, my work husband has gone. <laughs> You know, this I, is our I'm, first time recording, not in the same place. Yes. You, you know, I'm I'm usually so scared to use that term work husband because of the memes i always see online wow guys Olamide is afraid that i will drive away his real girlfriend please no no uh, i'm just here for the moral support yeah but yes um i started my master's um last year i, I started in september so i'm currently doing my llm in international commercial law so in chile scotland yeah, very, 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 not even chilly. It's extremely cold. I, I, there are days Guys, where... all of these age mates are going to the UK. They're going to Canada. Like some are going to Netherlands. All of these said, no, Scotland is where my destiny lies. Uh, now so, but yeah, it's been, it's been all right here. It's been okay here. I, I think I've enjoyed it so far, uh, particularly the program. So yeah, uh, but before we actually move, uh, to the podcast proper i think i would want to mention a particular thing that i took really personally um so this was the um unfortunate shooting of a colleague of ours mrs omobolanle rahim uh, i think it was on christmas day uh, she, yeah, was was. Shot, she was shot by a police officer um in the presence of our family i i i would honestly say that that's um that that was too too bad um we our, our condolences to the family and um i'm really happy at the step the the bar has taken towards it and also the Lagos state government because the prosecution is already at advanced stage i think they are at trial now i read a news report about two days ago where the attorney general was the one who led my uh, husband and her sister who were both eyewitnesses um in chief so um very sure he would be presenting his defense in say another one month. So Max, in the next four four or five months before mid year, the trial should have actually been concluded. And um I really I really would like to thank the MBA for uh the efforts that they've put in because um it really sent a strong message. Ordinarily you would expect that um police officers and lawyers should have um, mutual respect for one another. But over time, police officers have really just lost their um, respect for lawyers. For I don't know why. I wouldn't even say they lost the respect. They just intentionally disrespect lawyers. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I've also been a victim of this. I, I think there was a time I was in the police station. Uh, this was at um, Alagbon. Just It was a civil matter, and I was just going on behalf of a client. And I had filed... A fundamental human rights matter and i got to the police station was trying to talk to the ipo in, in charge telling him that oh the matter is now in court so um our client would will still attend investigations but 
the detention you can't detain because we these are the steps we've taken and um he just goes off on me starts calling me names in fact threatens to shoot me in the police station and other police officers instead of cautioning him were um begging him and i found it very weird because this is someone who is threatening to do something this bad and instead of cautioning the person you are now you're begging him like no he's within his rights to threaten um a person not i'm not even saying me as a legal um as a legal practitioner but just a person and telling the person that you shoot them it's um it's it's really it's it's something that needs to change and I really appreciate the steps uh, the MBA is taking towards this, and um, uh, we would be we would be looking forward to see what the outcome will be. In my own opinion, self, I I was of the opinion that no lawyer should actually take the brief to represent the police officer. But well, yeah, there are other arguments. And that's that. yeah, that's interesting. And first of all, I just want to say as well that it's um it is. I think you use the term, you know, unfortunate incident, unfortunate shooting. That's definitely um, a minimization of really what was a a ter- ter- terrible, terrible incident. And I think that it also just shows why we're having this kind of mass exodus out of Nigeria, right? When people say that, you know, Nigeria can happen to just anyone. And I think the reason why Olamide is really emphasizing on the fact that this person was like, a lawyer, a legal practitioner is not only because obviously we have a lot of podcasts, but also to show that um, in Nigeria, no matter whether you think, you know, you're in your ivory tower as a member of the elite, and I use that in aggressive quotations, and I would consider myself on this table and any of us who even have a tertiary education to be on this table, that Nigeria can happen to anyone and police brutality can happen to anyone. And this is a global issue, but obviously there's a Nigerian flavor to everything. And it really brings terrible memories of, you know, the NSARS period. I mean, and everything that predated NSARS that took us there. And I was, you know, cleaning out my closet a couple of days ago and I saw this shirt that I bought during the NSARS period that had everyone's um, names behind it, you know, the names of all the people that we've lost, that we know of. And so it's just very sad to see that, you know, nothing has changed. And everything continues to stay the same. And really, no matter how protected you are, because I think for a lot of us, again, who are in this elite, quote unquote, camp, whether we like it or not, it's easy to think something like that won't happen to you, right? Like, it's not going to happen to you. That happens to other people, whoever those other people are. But sure that Nigeria can happen to everyone and does indeed happen to everyone. And I mean, that then, you know, takes us not so smoothly to the politics issue. And, you know, we have a upcoming election in a couple of weeks. And, you know, in Jesus' name, in the name of Allah, we will all meet that election and we'll be safe and we'll, you know, see that election to its closure. But, I mean, there was this, there's this, like, we like to even call it a meme or this very popular tweet that's been going around, right? Uh, that um, normally before elections, you know, everything's supposed to be improving, but we are not really seeing that improvement. The person who drives me around, my Popsy's driver, he came to the house Saturday, 6 a.m. to get fuel. He did not come back from buying fuel till 3 p.m. I mean, what people are suffering, and I'm lucky enough that I was not the one who sat in that queue for, I won't say five hours, but actually, in almost closer to 12 hours to look for fuel. But what we are experiencing like in this country is, is it, is it an exaggeration to say catastrophic? You know, I, 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 I honestly cannot um, say I understand how it is, but the thing is I had, I had my fair share too, because false scarcity dealt with me. There was a false scarcity right before I left. Um, there's uh, there's false scarcity like quarterly now, quarterly yeah. false scarcity. So what I used to do, I, I think the way I really dealt with that was one thing was I was never I was one of those people who would never buy fuel from anybody selling on the road. So um I noticed that the filling stations used to get fuel like on Sundays. So they would usually have like a tanker or maybe two, three tankers coming on Sundays to give them fuel. And uh what I'll do is when everyone is in church on Sunday. Oh, yes, you've mentioned this. Yeah, when everyone is in church on Sunday around, let's say, 12, 1, I will drive to our Lord Road. So there are like four 
filling stations on Aulaw Road. Then there's one Afalomo. So I'll start from um the Onikon side. I think there's Oando. I didn't really like buying in Oando. Uh, then I think you have yeah you now have the Total after the Oando. No, is it Mobile? Well, sure. There's Mobile then Total or Total then Mobile. But I preferred buying from Total because. I had a total card. I like so, how you know, like every single filling station, I'm like mm, I like this one, I don't like this one. The way these yeah. people do, the way those people do. So I had like um a total card, um, and the guys in total preferred people who had total cards because one, you didn't have to um use a POS. There's no, there's no stress of oh, there's no network or oh, uh, we're not taking cash. You know, all of that did not used to happen. I had a total card. So I just tell them, oh, I have a total card. And they're like, okay, no problem, no problem. So when I'm on the queue, yes, I stay on the queue. The queue can be really long. You probably have like 40 cars on the queue. But one thing you know is it's going to be organized. Because well, you don't so have... Is this like one of the hidden benefits of Islam that I'm finding out? Oh. <laughs> that you're available on Sunday to go and get fuel. No, but I think people, I'm sure people also leave church um sometimes just to come and buy fuel so like mm -hmm. it was it always worked for me so i fill my tank and um most times i'll go with like um, a jerry can so if i'm able to buy fuel into the jerry can whatever happens during the week if i have to go somewhere really far and i run really low on fuel i just use my jerry can but i think the situation now is completely worse um it's um it, uh, what i hear is fuel is not is no longer the pump price that we see and it's not even available so it's it's not only that the fuel is expensive you can't even get the fuel and there's one thing about nigerians that you that usually annoys me is when there's a problem everybody wants to outsmart the other person so we get very disorganized and you go to a few you go to a fuel station and there's somebody who is trying to cut the um or shunt the queue and you're wondering Guy, all of us have been here since like for like two hours. What makes you think that you're special enough? Yes. So like it was really annoying. And there was a day someone tried to do that at the Fort Oil opposite Cold Stone in um Aulaw Road. So it was one of the area boys, and I, I was really happy that I was one of the area boys. The area, the guy, what's he called? The guy shut the place and opened another side for those of us who were on the queue. And the guy kept on, he came with a very fancy car and he kept on exchanging words with the area boy. And I'm like, see what you've reduced yourself to. Someone who would ordinarily not be able to speak to you um, um, anyhow. In a disrespectful like, manner. In a disrespectful manner. You see what you've reduced yourself to and now you're exchanging words with him. And the thing is, no one is going to support you. Everyone is actually going to support that guy that you would ordinarily consider as someone not up to your standard. And the thing was, he kept on saying very disrespectful things. So people were like, you know, the thing about Nigerians is we don't mind our business. So if you're driving <laughs> into the filling station, you just wind down and abuse him as he's talking to the guy that shut the door. But I mean, yeah. that's that's the issue, right? Like it's catastrophe on top of catastrophe. And I mean, that was part of, I know it feels like there's a PVC narrative everywhere, but that was part of what led me to get my PVC and, you know, dragging my parents to get their PVCs for the first time. And I'm very lucky. There's literally, I think my pulling unit station is literally outside my gate, like no exaggeration, right outside my gate, unless they change it for this year, Sha. Um, But I was actually joking with one of my friends that part of what led me to get my PVC, I mean, other than just, I think it was it's very hard to be a youth in Nigeria. And you know, that that term is often used in der derogatory way, but you know, we're using it in the way it's supposed to be used. It's very difficult to be a youth in Nigeria after what happened, you know, in SARS, after the Leki massacre, after the the national the national sentiment, and not have felt politically incentivized in a way that we did not have before. It could also be age. I mean, a lot of us are much older than we were at the last election, but I definitely think it is that, you know, that um sentiment. It was very difficult to exist during that time and not be like, ah, no, I need to, I need to have some sort of input. But also, I was joking with my friend that some of it is also the shame. Can you imagine not actually getting your PVC? And then for the next four years, any problem people will be asking whether you voted i was like oh, i can't handle that no you i know said cannot be it does another thing that's, unless you want to lie Sha, you can lie that's another discussion years. that's another discussion for another day i think um democracy is I, I think of democracy in a lot of ways 
the mm. fact that I did not vote does not mean I can't complain about governance because there are other aspects of governance. It's not just about voting. No, I mean, that's true. But I think the issue then becomes by not voting, you didn't, by, choo- you didn't. by choosing not to exercise your, say your civil rights, what's the yeah. word? By choosing not to exercise that right, it, it diminishes the value of your opinion. Well, no, it does. It shouldn't. And look, let me just let me just give. Uh, I don't know. I'm about to use the stupidest example. It's like talking about marriage and you're not married. You've never even been in a relationship. But looking yeah. at you, like, does your opinion really count? Now, not the best example because you are whether you vote or not, you are experiencing Nigeria. Exactly. But to have an opinion on governance and choosing to not exercise your right also for the record guys olamde is just playing devil's advocate oh please he believes in pvc go and get your people no no i do believe but... in voting but i i the thing is i also believe that people who do not vote like this is actually a very strong opinion people who have chosen not to vote or they still have a right to complain you can't you can't I tell can't them i know i believe that if you don't vote you don't get to chat okay so it. now let me, let me again wait oh wait oh before you say anything obviously this is me taking into account as well people who have been what is the word? Words are escaping me right now. People, but people who've been obviously experienced voter suppression, people who are not educated enough to know how to go about registering for voting, who you cannot know, vote because maybe they, they live yeah. too far away. I'm excusing all those people for Lambda. I'm talking about people like you and me that can carry ourselves to go and get PVC. If, if I, let me tell you, let me mm-hmm. tell you the truth. In Nigeria, if you check the guys, I promise you, we did not plan to start to com- uh, yeah. arguing about election, but continue. If you check, if you the check demographic, if you, if you actually check the demographics of people who vote. It's mm-hmm. more of the people that you say are not educated. Oh, do you know it's actually it's actually true. I was watching someone did someone did an Instagram someone did an Instagram video. I cannot for the life of me remember who it was. And he was going around places and offering to give people money if they could show him his PVC their PVC right. So he went to like two places to a mall and to a market. I don't know what mall it was. And he spoke to like three people in the mall. And obviously, first of all, he'd ask them some kind of political question. They would give an answer. They would engage. Then he'd be like, "Okay, where's your PVC?" And all three of the people that he met at the mall didn't have. He went to the market. Every single person he asked for their PVC in the marketplace. It's like a marketplace. I don't, I don't know what the change in accent was supposed to mean. But yes, proper marketplace. They all brought out their PVC to show him. So I think that it definitely... But I mean, it's. I don't think that it's any surprise in Nigeria that we know that it's the the masses. Let me just choose to use that word. It's the masses who do vote. And I mean, that's where you get to issues about where they say, you know, people are selling their votes for rice, or they argue that people are um, voting with their stomachs and and things like that. And that's, I think, why the rhetoric about Nigeria can happen to everybody and that people in their ivory towers who think that they're part of the elites need to wake up is that, you know, a lot of people think that they're above it, right? That they're above you know, engaging in politics in Nigeria. Obviously, that's other than people who, you know, want to engage in politics because they want to line their pockets. But a lot of people think they're above engaging in politics because one, they think, oh, you know, my vote doesn't matter. Or two, they think, you know, I'm just here in this country temporarily or I'm traveling any day from now. So no, I'm not I'm not unaware of the fact that it's the people who if you're if you're doing a graph, people who probably haven't had tertiary education, maybe you haven't even had secondary education, not to talk about primary who are you know registered voters but i mean that was that's the whole point of this particular push that we've had right to try and bring in those people who you know are apathetic or who, who feel disenfranchised and telling them that no you need to participate right and there's a certain and when as well you participate in the political process i, I don't even know there's it, you get you get more involved, right? So it's not just about registering for your PVC and then walking there to vote. You start to make yourself more aware of okay, who's actually running? What policies are they standing on? Exactly. And then if the person, and then you also there's supposed to be a trickle down effect, right? It's not just about presidents; it's about governor, it's about a uh, is it local government chairman? What do they Legislators. call them? Legislators. That- <laughs> that's, that's you know the thing is a lot of people don't pay attention to legislative elections and. Uh-huh. To be honest, those are the most crucial. That's actually the both state and that's why they are really lying in their pockets now. State houses of assembly and the national assembly, those are the most crucial elections in Nigeria. I don't to be honest, I don't care most times who the head of the executive is. Because the truth is, the executive, if the executive wants to nod, it's only not in the direction that the legislature legislature pulls it. And um, you look at every single um state in nigeria 
you would always have the legislature and the executive working hand in hand. They're they're mm-hmm. almost they're almost intertwined. You can't you can't really you don't you don't have a difference. And the day you have a difference, that's the day you actually realize that things in the state are not were not moving as they should. That's why you've had a lot of cases with um people impeaching um other members of the house or impeaching the governor in a hotel. Don't let me mention it's a, it's actually a very popular case. <laughs> um, so guys, case. basically, uh, uh, Google uh, governor and impeaching. Although that then takes us to the you know the issue of um, what's happening in Oshun right now, right? Because then I think what's happening is a warning sign as well for those of us you know gearing up to the election one of my friends was making a joke and i posted and when i got my pvc i posted it on insta story and he messaged me and he was like he sure is, i'm voting for can we say people okay sure he was like he's sure i'm voting for peter obi because it's only people who are voting for peter obi that are flashing their pvc up and down because we've never gotten pvc before but i think also what just happened in Oshawa as well it's kind of like a warning sign to the rest of us that but that you voted that you know vote to <laughs> some of us are wise some of us are over wise no, but you know. But what do you what, think about what's, hap- what's what, happened? What happened what has happened in Osho? Um, I'm still reading the decision. Uh, the decision oh. is actually very long. Did you actually go and read it? Yeah, yeah. I'm, um, I'm like. Well, guys, Alamde is actually better than me. Fifty pages in, I promise you, I've never read the summary. The, the, I just know the conclusion. The, 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 I know they said I know they said overvoting and I know someone said they mentioned his dancing in the decision. That's all I no, know. No, the the thing is, um, the decision is actually very loaded. And I just oh. saw a tweet now, like I just came across a tweet where the person said the finest litigation in this country is election petition disputes. And I can't oh. disagree. Even the industry that judges put into um, election petition disputes, if they put half of that into commercial <laughs> disputes, probably would be competing with England as per, um, you know, a very desirable place for people to sit there. For, and like jurisprudence. Uh, yeah, and stuff yeah, like for, that. Their, for their litigation. But, Interesting. Um, I've, I, I'm not very averse on what goes on with election um, petitions, and I've never read an election judgment. Well, other than maybe, no, actually, I, I, know, I don't really read them because even when I'm doing NWLR research, if I see that the facts is election petition, yeah, unless I have no skip. other choice, I'll usually skip it because yeah. you want to try and make it as on all fours as possible. Yes. So one thing I, I, I saw in the decision is strategy. And this is now from a legal mm-hmm. practitioner's point of view. So there are about 3,000 or was it 5,000 local governments? Uh, Again, sorry, guys, you didn't plan this one, no, but continue. Mm-hmm. There are about 5,000 local government um, polling units. And do you know what the uh, petitioner did? They picked the winner's strongest polling units. Mm-hmm. And they alleged overvoting. Ah, okay. And what happens when you allege overvoting is if you actually prove it, I neck ordinarily ought to have um what's it called cancel those results mm-hmm. if they do, if they don't have an impact on the election like the general number you what's it called you cancel you the election win? you no you cancel the elections in that place so both sides don't get any votes mm. do you understand that's what I, I follow you have completely done. in a case where it will affect like the general number what you do is you order a rerun you get yeah. At least this is my understanding so far. Um, yeah, anyone who knows any better, please yeah, like, you know, yeah. we love to be educated, we love engagement. So please let us know. So None of can... us, we don't we're commercial lawyers, we don't use to do election petition. Yeah. No. You people that do it, you, you get mind. So you can correct me, but that was what that's what I understood from what the court was explaining, at least so far. And um so they picked like his strongest units and it alleged overvoting them. Now, mind you, the difference between the parties at the election was about 30,000 votes. Okay, so how ma- do you know how many people voted total? Um, I think it was about 800,000 people that voted. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. Oshun is not really one of those very big states. So okay. you, you had like 30,000 votes between them. And um, okay. and I'll come to your own stronghold. And I say that there was over voting in your stronghold. Mm-hmm. So ordinarily, what will happen is in this your stronghold, you probably would beat me if a hundred people vote, hundred thousand people voted, you probably would have scored eighty thousand, and I'll score twenty thousand. Yeah. The moment I'm able to prove over voting there, they cancel both votes now. They cancel both mm-hmm. our votes there, and it reduces your number in the main election. While mine, it doesn't really, it doesn't significantly affect. So if you had eighty thousand votes, 
and I had 20,000 votes. The difference between us is like, you know, um, 60,000. Yeah. In the general election, you beat me with 30,000. If they cancel uh, the election or the votes in that area, what it means is that you have 80,000, you have your own votes minus 80,000, my own yeah. votes minus 20,000. It means yeah. now I'm leading you with 30,000 votes. Yeah. So that was what that was essentially what happened. It was to be honest, it was brilliant strategy. Have they filed their appeal yet? Do you know? I I, I haven't seen it yet. I think it's one of those ones where they have the notice of appeal in the in the boots. Yeah. Then also there, there were some other things. Um they didn't cross-examine some witnesses. So a lot of um evidence was left unchallenged. So mm. uh that that was another thing I felt like the guys, this is why I need Olamde in my life. So that when we I'm just here chatting shit, Olamde be like, yes. I'm here to support it because I've actually read the judgment. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that. that the, it's it's actually an interesting judgment. I don't. I personally do not like election petition disputes because I feel like um, I think it's a lot. Of, I think it's a lot of politics. It, yes, I know that's a very stupid statement, but for me, no, it it's seem like something. It's not really about what's happening in the courtroom. I feel like it's a lot of what's happening outside of the courtroom. A lot besides, of things that besides, it should not even be the court. our profession. It should not even be the court deciding. Do you understand? Mm. I, yeah. I I don't I don't think we we need to evolve as a society to that point where um, election petitions are not like a norm these days. Like election petition, it's yes. Now the courts know that they're not going. They're going to be one of the reasons. One of the reasons why Oshun State, as um, in its own right, has an election cycle different from all of us or like other states is because of election petitions. Okay. Yeah, so when Arigbe Shola's first term, he won at the tribe. He won in courts. He didn't win at the um, what's it called at the po- at the polls. That's mm-hmm. why they have that Ondo Ondo State too. That was a mimico then. So you have like all these states. I don't know if Anambra too is one of them. I'm not sure because I know Peter will be one um one in court too. Uh, there there, there are a couple of you you know states that are like that. Yeah. So it's AKT too. Yes, I know. I know there's AKT. There is um. You have AKT like that. You have Ondo. You have um Oshun. They, guys, again, they're this not... is why I keep Olamide around for the facts. Okay, yeah, guys. Um, so I'm, I'm, the, I'm the flavor, and he's the. I, I'm so I'm so sorry. I don't. I really do not like talking politics with Nigeria. Um, Nigerian politics because I've realized a lot of people are usually not. Um, well informed objective. no not objective not objective okay yeah okay yeah so i uh, know but it's interesting that you're saying about not being objective right because so i have a particular friend who is a staunch tinubu supporter right and we don't support any candidates on this we, we don't support any candidates so, ah, wait can we do we really not support any candidates no, anyway, we don't. <laughs> they said we don't support any candidates, but I think it's fair for me to say this since I've mentioned one other yeah. candidate's name. Yeah. So I have a friend who's a staunch um Tinubu supporter, and he sometimes finds it difficult in um in the company of people who are, you know, below 35 to or maybe even below 40 <laughs> to, to, to say who he supports because he says it and he gets attacked, right? And he always yeah. makes me think of there's this there's this saying whether like if you're a if you're a conservative when you're young, you have no heart. And if you're um, liberal when you're old, you have no head. But he finds it very difficult, right? And something that I, well, I don't want to say staunchly believe in because there are levels, but I do believe in the value of the democratic um, process, right? I believe in respecting people's opinions. Depending we didn't respect, respect Trump's supporters, though. That's why I said that, 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 that levels because I didn't support those people. You know, but, I, that's, I, that's I why I say, did, but... but that's why I say, what's your reason, right? So it's one thing if you're saying, "Oh, I'm a Tinubu supporter." Why? Because I can't vote for and because <laughs> because I was going to say because I can't vote for an Igbo president or because he's Yoruba. I'll be very confused. Or there are people who would say, "Oh, they're voting for one person because oh, everyone else is the same." Or, you know, similar rhetorics like that. But if what you want to now say is, oh, I'm voting for a particular person because, you know, this is what they've done and I think this is what they'll do. I can say that you are wrong and I don't agree. But at least I can respect that it is a thought out process, right? Yep. But going from politics and then sliding into, is this on economics or politics? Olam, the CBN is changing our money. 
In fact, no, I know. I saw, I saw that. No, that they announced as a time I was in Nigeria, they had announced. I think it was. Yeah, no, but I mean, them. it's finally happening. And it's so interesting. It was like this elaborate game of chicken, right? I think it's that's the name of the game where it's like um two people run at each other, right? Yeah. And it's like whoever swerves out of the way first is the chicken. So if no oh. one swerves, obviously you collide. But the idea is that somebody will always swerve okay. first. Of course. So people, so people either, you know, you can play that if you're running or you can play that with cars. Obviously, I never played something like that in my entire life, but I've seen it in films. And I feel like what CBN has done is like an elaborate game of chicken because CBN was like, 31st, we're not moving it. We're not moving it. We're not moving it. Then two days before, they're like, okay, we have moved it. So yes, guys, as of when we were recording today, CBN announced that they had moved it to yeah. February 10th. They got the um approval of the president to remove it. I have no comment other than that. But yeah. um, what what do you think about? I mean, moving that by ten days is ten days going to? Do, and let me so, let me not say it won't do anything, but is ten days going to do anything? You know the thing is, I I really I can't say anything about it because I'm not around. I'm not in Nigeria to actually experience. So it you can't see it. whether we have. It yeah, to see what what the situation really is. So anything I'm ground. saying is, is probably hearsay. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I think we should we should get it. I saw one very interesting thread on Twitter, and I sent it to you first. So we're just going to go. Oh yes, guys. So apparently, we're on Twitter a lot. So a lot of this. <laughs> Lots yeah. of these you know, it's election. Always, it's election period. We have to be. We have to be on Twitter. We have to be on Twitter. It's election. The, the, the biggest, the the biggest news platform, right? But yeah, Lambda, you were saying about the thread that you saw on Twitter. Yeah, and um, it's by a lawyer, um, at King SNA. I I hope I pronounced that right. So it's just law questions and litigation edition. Um, some of these questions I think we've discussed on the um podcast i think yeah so there's like 20 questions so lambda had and i had like kind of gone through them we yeah. didn't practice our answers in advance but just kind of decide what did we think was worth discussing and not because if we do 20 questions guys you know us we'll be here for three hours we yeah, don't want because to do after after saying one thing we will now go into more the other and after things. discussing politics for an unplanned like it's like 30 minutes not 30 minutes but for more time than we had allotted but i think the first the very first question like the first question on the on the thread and the first question we'll be discussing today is you know lambda describe your first day in court my first day in court was it was nice you know uh we had mentioned that we had it was very stressful actually so we had mentioned that um we do a lot of garnishes like um as, you at know, the place that, of, well at the place where lambda used to work and the place where i still work yeah, if I, I'm I'm actually on study leave, so I technically sorry. And the place you are on study leave, cough cough. And the place where if I still fully works, yes. <laughs> so um, you know we do a lot of garnishes, and the first um the first time I was meant to be in court, I was meant to be in court with one of our colleagues, um Aisha. Uh, the court didn't sit. Well, this person was notorious for not sitting the. Federal <laughs> High Court. I, I don't need to mention the name. I'm sure if you I already have to, some ideas. If you if you were going to the Federal High Court um around and this was a Monday. So around 2019, going, right? Yeah. Yeah. If we're going to Federal High Court on um uh, yeah, 2019, Mondays and Fridays, this person it barely sits. <laughs> but yeah. Uh so the next day, that was Tuesday, there was a matter. Um it was a Ganeshi matter. But there were like three or four other matters. There were Amcon matters, like Mareva matters. But I think it's one of those uh, matters where Amcon goes after all the directors independently. So there were like eight different suits. Then you had like um, another matter that I was going for. See me, I was really happy that my first matter, they were senior advocates. So I was going to be done on time and <laughs> return to the office. Oh, I didn't know that this matter was a very serious. It, it was a very serious matter. In fact, it, it was a matter between two of the biggest um telecommunications companies in um in nigeria stupid me i should have i should have realized that things were not just going to go smoothly my god these silks were at it for almost two hours of course and and the judge came out around um 10 no 11 so as at one o'clock we're still in court and this was the first matter and i had i think six or seven other matters to go to to still attend and they were like number 20 something on the list. I'm like, God, this is this is really, really bad. 
And, you know, I wasn't used to wearing wig and gown then. So I was really hot. Oh, cute. Like, it was, it was, it was, it was a lot. But one thing was, you know, listening to people talk. And that was where I, I actually got the value of sitting in court and listening. You know, sometimes you, you would want you, there's the temptation to pick up your phone and, you know, you're just pressing your phone and you block your ears. That was every temptation. That's my daily grind. So <laughs> I, I, that was when I realized that, okay, I don't have to block my ears. I could, you know, um, use my phone, but I would not have to block my ears completely because there's some things they were saying in the course of their arguments, like new points of law that there are some, no matter how much you read, you probably wouldn't know if you've not had to research it um, personally. So I really, I, I really liked that part. But the fact that it was so long, my God, I really hated this. I got back to the office. I was really, really stressed. What time out. did you get back? Probably got back around 4 30. And oh, wow, so we had similar first days. Oh, sorry, and and um I got to the office and the cafeteria in the office, the food has finished. Of course, yeah, four o'clock. What are you <laughs> expecting? Now you didn't wait for oh, God, I was so I was so angry. But yeah, that's that that's my like first day in court. Uh, I had well, I had a similar one actually. Well, at least in terms of like how long I was. So again, also federal high court, also for a what well, Mareva to be exact, was there with. Since we're shouting out our colleagues, well, former colleagues, but uh, I was there with um colleague and friend Adiroju, and so we were at federal high court, and we were before. This is I'm not saying judges' names for a particular judge that is notorious for sitting for extended periods of time. So, and by that I mean you know. I don't actually know if there's a hard and fast rule, but generally courts rise by two. They're quote-unquote meant to rise. Again, I don't actually know who wrote this rule. But you have some judges that's five o'clock, six, seven. No, there's no closing you know, time. Or, you know, there's, they, 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 can't, they can't still be there. So this, and I think what made this particular judge, you know, especially noteworthy was, it's not like he's someone who used to sit late. So again, if you're a judge and you're sitting at maybe noon, I can kind of understand why you might not rise till about five. Because, okay, you want to, you know, get through your list. No, this judge sits, you know, 9, 30, 10, and still might not rise till like 5 or thereabouts. So I get caught, obviously, bright and early. That was, you know, new wig affair. So excited. Remember how I used to, ah, my wig and gown. I used to keep my wig in, like, I, the box. You know, you know, I if keep I, my if wig I, in the box If I was not like day. the rest of us with, um, you know, a bushy wig and gown. If oh, I my God. In a Raven's court. So, Leave me alone. <laughs> so I used to keep my wig in the box. If my parents would try and touch my wig, I'm like, no, don't touch it. Now, <laughs> my wig is bent, <laughs> bruised. I probably sat on it. I don't even care. So I went there, you know, got there probably, like, 8.30. I was there at Dero Drew. And then court sat, okay, in Mareva. Long story short, I didn't end up leaving that court until five. And I wasn't feeling very well that day. And I didn't even know I wasn't feeling well. So this, the illness came upon me in the courts. So there were many times, like during that eight to five, where I was like, can I just leave and come back? But you have no idea when you're going to get called. Because in this particular court, obviously, every court has a cause list where they write it out. But this particular court didn't used to take his matters or her matters <laughs> in, in, the, in, in, the, in the chronological order of the list. So at any point, they can call. So you got to, you know, stay ready. You know, if you don't stay ready, you don't get ready. You get ready, you stay ready. All of that. So that was my personal first day at court. So the next question I'm going to ask you is, what was your most memorable day in court? And I'm going to ask for a good memory and a bad memory. And you can't mention the day that you forgot your, your wig at no, home. No, no, although, no, no. although you were not in court, so I you don't count. Court. I think my also, just a, well, just a side thing. When you say about being hot, I don't know. I'm one of those annoying people that even when the judge says you can take off your wig and gown, I'm fine keeping my mine on. I don't really feel it heat-wise. The only thing that bothers me sometimes is the colorette and it's just like the the proximity to my throat. But the wig and gown doesn't really make me any hotter than normal. But I think maybe I just have good internal temperature. No, yeah, I think it's carryover temperature from England. <laughs> <laughs> okay, your most memorable day in court. Since you are going to be shady, you are the one in the abroad, but fine. What was your most memorable day in court? I, I think my most memorable day in court was um, the day I won... Um, my matter so i had uh i handled the matter on my own this was a lot of responsibility given to me by one of um, my supervisor in fact so um she was really busy with a lot of things and she she the other person who was supervising um me directly 
had left the firm. So it was just the two of us. And it was too late to get any other person on it. So what will happen is I'll just um, meet her in the office. She'll just be like, okay, so what, what stage are we at? I'll explain this stage. So I ended up having to do the matter on my own. So I handled... What court? Was it magistrate court? Yeah, it was magistrate court. Okay, because I remember you telling me this. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to handle everything by myself. So I did the trial myself. I did the address. And interestingly, Aww. it was it was uh before I left. It was the week I was in fact I was already on I, I was in my terminal leave at the time um that matter was going on. But the thing was the writ was going to expire and we didn't want to take out a new writ. So that trial had to be done within um two weeks. Mm-hmm. So the entire thing, trial address, everything was done in two weeks. I think in less, in fact. Judgment was also given in less than two weeks. Because it was a summary summons. And oh, they're, wow. They're very strict. Um, with what was summons. the, what was the, what's the summary of the dispute to the extent that you can tell us? What um, was it about? Okay, so our client used to move containers and uh, used to provide logistics uh, to people who were moving containers into and out of Apapa. So um, they had moved um, containers for this particular client over a period of like six months. And the client just refused, their, their client refused to pay. They just mm. outrightly refused to pay. So just flat out, you know, contract disputes, clean and dirty. Yeah, clean yeah. and simple, rather. Yeah, so um, it was, it was, um, and they were not, they were not responding to letters, like letters of demand and all of that. So we had to go to court. So when the judgment came, I was I was really happy because that was like my first matter. So when they and, say, "Did you win in court?" and they say, "Yeah." Yeah. So I, I like I was really happy when I gave my supervisor the um the news. Aww. And I think the other memorable. <laughs> Wait, do, I want to I want to ask two follow up questions. Do you know if they've paid and was there any appeal? Because in Nigeria, I cannot enjoy the the fruit uh, of your judgments. So I don't know because the plan was I handed it over to someone. I told the person, okay, okay I'm done. So what you are going to do is just post judgment. Um, okay. If you're going to take out Ganeshi, take out Ganeshi. That's if they don't pay. But I, I believe they've paid. Okay. So okay. Yeah. so my most memorable, well, I think my most positive memorable since Alam Day started with he won a case. So let me think of where I actually succeeded in court was I made a course submission at the tax. <clears throat> At the tax appeal tribunal, this was a particularly unique case because it was a situation where we had filed our um, notice of appeal and the respondents had not yet filed their reply for like three years. Not like three years, three years. Um, so, and it's kind of thing where you go, they may not be there or they'll be there, they'll give one next year. So just dragging on and on. Obviously, two of those years were COVID years. So more extended adjournments. And also the thing about the TAT, tax appeal tribunal, is they give very short adjourn- adjournments. So one month, yeah. you can be seeing them every month, safe. And yeah. they don't have like they don't have normal holidays, so I think they go on holiday. Mm, I might be wrong, but I feel like it's like January or something. Well, obviously for Christmas, but then January they don't have as many holidays as regular courts. So this day I was right. Re- I I'd been asking for costs, you know, every time. Especially like day I gave my cost submission. You know, I spoke. You know, you talk, and then at the end, you know, the um, the the tribunal members, you know, applauded my my advocacy. I think I wrote down what they said at the time because I was so gassed. But it was literally, it was things like, you know, that um, um, advocacy is a dying art in litigation. So it's nice to see, you know, this this kind of advocacy that that um, that makes sense why we still have SANs, all that kind of stuff. So I was like, ah, are you talking about me? Is it me? I was so, so, so gassed. I think I was really gassed as well because, I mean, what got me into law was advocacy, right? That's why I yeah. wanted to do litigation. I've been doing debates and public speaking, you know, all throughout my school education. So I was just, like, really, really excited by that encouragement. Like, they were even like, oh, they wish they didn't have to write, so they could just have listened. I said, ah, say, is it me? In fact, they should give me part of, they should give me part of the cost, honestly. So really? I got my course, I got my course, 100K per case, because it was, like, five, it was, like, three sister sister uh, 500k appeals. you know, you know 300k <laughs> was three it was, well, okay, it was more than three sister cases but it was three that they had defaulted it oh, okay. so a hundred a hundred a hundred k each but i think that was definitely my most memorable just because of like the the praise and the affirmation i got from the tribunal that was yeah. very encouraging for me you know, well, the cost, cost applications mm-hmm. are cost applications are very funny. I would like. It's a nice know. time. It's, it's a good opportunity to like orate. Although I would like, I try and sometimes shy away from them 
unless I know a matter backwards, forwards, front and back. Because you might get a situation where you have a judge that either isn't minded to give you costs or wants to... At- I'm going to use the word attack and it's a negative word, but I mean, in fact, who wants to attack you on the issue of course. So we'll say, okay, why do you deserve course? Or what's your backing? And if you just said course because you just decided you wanted to say course, I don't know anything about the matter, you'll be embarrassed for nothing. So okay. I don't really ask for course willing. Some, some lawyers love costs. There's no, nothing I, that can happen. They will not ask for costs. You know, I don't think I've, I, I don't think I ever succeeded in any cost application. No. The thing is, there are times where the judge will agree that, oh, um, yeah, they should pay costs, but the, judge will be very reluctant to be like oh let's give them one last opportunity but i never yeah. really i think the funniest was against a senior advocate my god i didn't know i you know when you are now very stubborn because the thing was <laughs> this was this was a matter that they should have withdrawn i think like three years before that time it's not even you know when you go to court for a particular reason mm-hmm. you're not seeking monetary reliefs and this yeah, person yeah, has following... fixed. And this person has fixed the problem. So, were they, did they want dec- de- declaratory or like injunctive? What were they looking? That's for? the thing. It, it had become academic. Vibes. It had become academic. Vibes. It, had, okay. it had become academic three years before that time, and we had filed two different applications that they opposed. So it was now time to move those applications, and you come and say you're withdrawing. I said, oh, "My lord, cost." But because they said it was a public in court, public interest litigation, um, he couldn't award costs. I was really pained because the matter should have been withdrawn like three years ago. But yeah, congratulations and then on your my, cost, cost. Thank you, please. thank you, thank you. And then, and that's one thing I like about the TAT. Actually, like I don't know if you've been to the TAT or Lambda, but no. I like that they're. I like as that an intern. Of, no, no, in general, in general, have you ever been? To, oh, you've been as an intern. Yeah. I like that they're a little more informal. So you can wear regular clothes. You don't even have to wear mm. black. And the rules of, you know, evidence and their particular, their rules are very small. Fair and TT rules. And the rules of evidence are a lot more lax. And they themselves are just a bit more chilled than like regular judges. So I just like, it's a nice, I don't even mind that it's in the Kedja and I live in Ikoise. It's a nice atmosphere and they don't sit till 10. So even though I'm going from Ikoise, it's not like I'm waking up any earlier than if I was going to federal high court anyway. But what would I say was my negative, memorable experience? I think I've definitely said this one on this podcast, though, for those who've actually <clears throat> listened to all our previous episodes, was the day that judge made me cry, Sha. And, but things also, me, I'm, I'm going to confess that me, I'm, I'm soft like butter, so it's not hard to make me cry. But I was at the Federal High Court. For you enough, the same judge as... <laughs> the same judge that I said I was... I, I appeared in court for the very first time. So I was at the federal high court and um, it was during COVID. So, and so the whole during COVID is also interesting online because no COVID came like four months into us starting work. So yeah. lots of judges, I didn't even recognize for, I, I would not have recognized them in real life because obviously masks. So this is important because I was wearing my glasses and my mask and I used to wear like those KN95 masks. So those really big ones. So I was shuffling between two courts for a garnishy matter and um, so I now went to, you know, my main court to go and to, to, to be there. Basically, I was shuffling to court. So I went to one court. I sat down. My matter wasn't for a while. So I was like, OK, let me go and check um, my other court, which I think without confirming is the same court Olamde was talking about in his first matter, in like, the first court that Olamde was ever in. So as I was getting up to now go out, the judge now just stops me. He's like, where do you think you're going? And I was like, you know, you now switching to lawyer mode. I said, you know, apologies, my lord. I'm, I'm also meant to be before your learned brother. And he was like, um, how many years post call am I? And you, when a judge asks you how many years post call, it is never for a good reason. Maybe 1% of the time is to applaud you that, wow, you are so much better than I expected. But yeah. I promise you, 99.9% of the time is to insult your life. So I answered, I probably said, I don't know if it was one year or two years I was saying at that point, maybe even one year. Because, I mean, most people count their law school year. I can't, I don't count it. So I said one year. He was like, and there's nobody else at your firm that they can send. You have to be shuffling to court. Will you sit down? And I just uh, felt so embarrassed. And just, I was, and it's, I wasn't sad. Like, it's not like I cried when I was sad. I was just, I don't know, maybe it was like in shock. Obviously, it was like someone pinched me and just, it was like a, it was like a reflex. So, but I was so happy. I was like, thank God I'm wearing mask and glasses. Nobody can tell that there's tears rolling down my cheeks right now. But I would definitely say that that was a memorable negative experience. It wasn't that deep. 
Like there's yeah. much deeper things that have happened. Obviously, this is me thinking off the top of my head, but it's definitely something I always remember. You always remember the first time. I say first time because in a lengthy career, who knows? But you always remember the first time that a judge makes you cry. Yeah. I, I I personally think. But um, let me then ask you another interesting question that's not on this particular thread, but I think it's it, it follows on from what we've been discussing is what would you say is your most memorable negative int- or funniest interaction from a fellow lawyer memorable interaction so somebody led you astray somebody lied to you whatever it is uh i think it was the day i was arguing ganishimata at the nic for like two hours and all the other lawyers <laughs> there were, so... were they giving you dirty eye guy it was bad. Mr. Father, I'm giving you that yeah. And you know the thing is, the judge indulged us. I don't know how, but the judge actually indulged us. Because it was... That was probably was, interested. Sometimes it's interesting. And you know the thing is, the ruling went against me. And I was so sad. Because I, I knew that what I was saying was actually the correct thing. I think I know the one that you're arguing about it, as well. Yeah. I, I know you, the matter you're talking to you. about. I had to report yeah. to you. You were the one in charge. So... Uh, madam that I used to be your guys not anymore please I've elevated to bigger and better amen so like I was so pissed that day but after when I was removing my wig and gown outside the NIC all the <laughs> other lawyers were just like you should have just let him I was just looking at them that no in my head I'm like no this judge is wrong I actually, I think I suggested to you that we file an appeal and you gave me... A oh very, my God, it was not that me, deep. I'm sure. I'm going to give you a, a further dirty look in the office because what do you even mean? Okay, so I, I now realize that I think my funniest lawyer story is probably, it's not fit for podcast, you know, since I still want to continue to be employed at my current place of employment. So I will think of, so the story I'll tell is similar to your dirty look story in that, so I was in court and I was there for a Mareva matter and again, I don't know why all these are stories about Ganesha and Mariva. Guys, I promise you, we do other things. And so in this particular matter, the plaintiff's counsel sought to make funds that were being held in a particular bank absolute, right? And for context, the counsel for this bank was not around. I would call a bank just as an example. I don't even remember what bank it was, but to avoid entry, while I, let me just say the bank. The counsel for this particular bank, the bank was not around. So the plaintiff counsel said, you know, we seek, they had filed their affidavit of disclosure and said, you know, we seek to make the amount in this affidavit absolute. So me, I did look left, I did look right, I did look my paper, I said, ah, is it not wherever I came for? Or maybe I don't misrule. Again, this was um, Federal High Court, a judge that's uh, notorious for us descending into the arena, Sha, um, very recently, this was last year. And so I just got up and I was very nervous because again, you can never know what you're going to express with a judge. A judge can lambast you. And this particular judge, I felt, was capable of that. But I just, sometimes, it, it, it sounds kind of corny to say, but we are ministers in the temple of justice, right? So if something is going left, you have to try and write it. So I just got up. I said, you know, my Lord, I just want to bring to the attention. I was very shy, in my, in my, using my uh, small, sweet voice, you know. And my Lord, sorry, uh, my Lord, I just want to bring to the attention of this court that this is a Mareva matter and not a Ganeshi matter. And so this amount cannot be, you know, made absolute. And obviously, again, do you know what? But I think I understand. Everybody just wants to go home. This is the thing you were saying about we're just sitting there and pressing phone. So when you feel like somebody's doing Vasabi, it's like how I feel when people start saying, oh, happy new year. I, I, already, I was already saying, I can already tell that lawyers are going to, say, going to be saying happy Valentine, my Lord. And I'm going to slap the back of somebody's head on February 14th. But so that's how I feel. Sometimes people are over greeting my Lord. I'm just like, God, can we go? But so they were like, um, so we got there and I was, you know, telling my Lord that, you know, this is a Mariva, not a Ganeshi. And everybody's giving me dirty looks. There's one elderly lawyer at the back there for one bank that's telling me, sit down, sit down. So I now obviously finished what I was saying and sat down. And the judge, you know, thanked me for bringing that to his attention and then turned his attention to the plaintiff's counsel. Ah, okay. The judge was then like, you see, this is why lawyers without mislead somebody. I didn't know this was a, you know, a Mareva. And it turned out that plaintiff's counsel was maybe new on the, on the matter. So he himself didn't quite realize people yeah. make that confusion between Marevas and Ganeshis a lot. So by and by, Sha. It didn't get made absolute, you know. They took another date. And that elderly lawyer at the back of me was not saying, why did I have to say anything? It's not necessary that we all know it's a Mareva. So at the end of the day, whatever order... So his point was, even if the court says it's absolute, it's a Mareva. 
So it yeah. can't be made absolute. So it's a clear, I, I don't know if fallacy is the word to use here, but it's a clear fallacy. And my point was, no, I represent banks and I know what it is for an order to be made absolute. And I can't imagine, can you imagine? Let us get into that. No, let us get into other absolutes, right? Because that's definitely a pain point for us. Like, I just, I think Ganeshi, the whole Ganeshi, the whole Ganeshi system just needs to be re- reworked, rewired, thrown in the bin and start again. I have I mean, a the different money... opinion. I have a different opinion. I haven't worked. Then, you don't think they throw it in the bin? I haven't. I mean, no, I know no, it's, no, no, it's, 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 no. it's a money, it's a money maker for lawyers. Though. You can, I promise you can set up a law firm and only be doing Ganeshi work. You know, Very I, easy. I, I totally understand where you are coming from and i say i have a lot to say because i've actually been in that no but i think my issue with ganshi right obviously in and of itself i don't have an issue with ganshi proceedings makes sense but it it then becomes when you're breaking the spirit of the law even if it's not the letter of the law i think it is you are bringing 25 banks of nigeria to come and say no you are supposed to do the research how you do that i can't say i know but it's not supposed to be a wild goose chase you don't carry the A to Z, literally, banks of Nigeria. So I give account. The money banks must be spending on defending Ganeshi proceedings and Mariva proceedings is actually criminal. It is actually criminal. I will, they must be spending, I don't want to exaggerate and say, I could they be spending a billion naira a year? But honestly, no, they could actually be possible. Yes. Don't let us even go into that. I, I, I Because I, the prevalence of the matters is crazy. But then, okay, another question. And this, I think, links to our English Barrister episode that we, you know, did a couple of episodes ago. If you haven't listened to that, please do. Olamde, you know, if the, obviously in Nigeria, you are a solicitor and barrister of the Supreme Court. But if it was a system the way it was in England, where you could only be a solicitor or a barrister, but specifically the way it's practiced in England, because, you know, it's not, it's very, you know, the way it's split is very specific. Would you rather be a solicitor or a barrister? That's a tough question. But I'll be a barrister. But I think, but I think I'll be a barrister. I'd prefer to be a barrister. No, I would. I I think we did have this. This was one particular one where I we, we, had we, we spoken, spoken about, to yeah. Alamde about, and I said that I would be a solicitor. And this one is not even just in word alone because it's actually what like the road that I started to go down. So obviously, for me, for me and law, it was litigation or bust. So if I wasn't doing litigation in night, I, I would rather not do law than be a solicitor in Nigeria. Yeah. But just because that's not what I'm interested in, I'm not interested in um commercial non-litigation work. But the way it is in England, whereby as a barrister, you're basically self-sufficient, like you work for yourself. Other than the fact, obviously, if you, you share a chamber, you share a clerk and amenities. And then also you have a lot less client contact. So the client usually is meeting the solicitor first and then that solicitor is acting as a middleman. But for me, it was just the working for oneself. I, I say this all the time. I probably said this on the podcast. Me and entrepreneurship, we are one and nine. We're not close at all. This podcast is the closest I have ever come and probably will ever come. And that's because I use other media as my buffer. So I would not want to be an entrepreneur. That doesn't mean I don't like leadership, but I think being an entrepreneur is a very different thing. What what did um Olade say on that episode? He was like, "When you you eat what you kill, you, you right? Eat what you kill. Yeah. I'm not interested in eat what you kill. I'm interested in salary. That's 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 my vibe. And sometimes it feels like a taboo thing to say in this day and age, where everyone has a you know side hustle. I beg if you want to sit down, but I always say I say that if if everyone's organizing businesses, who's going to work in those businesses? And I'm not even saying that as an employee mentality. A CEO is collecting a salary too, so. <laughs> For me, that's one reason why being a barrister in England, the way it currently is set up, could never work for me. And even though we've only discussed like four questions, I do think that we are in our rounding up portion. But yeah, Lamde, do you have any last words to say to the people that we basically abandoned for? In fact, I know I had said one month, but guys, it's been a lot longer than that because the last episodes we actually recorded, and I don't know if anyone caught that, but we recorded probably in I don't want to say August. No, it was September. It was the month of Lamedy left. Yes, now. So the last recording we actually did was September, but we didn't release it until December. Yeah. So really, guys, we have not recorded in like October, no, we needed, November, we needed December, to clear. January. That was why we, in we, four we needed months. We needed to clear with the people that we actually um recorded with. So we're going over some things. Um, yeah, and we also sincerely apologize for the sound. Um. We had an issue with our um, console. 
for I most thought, of season one. Yeah. Again, guys, blame Olamide. Honestly, I just show blame Olamide for everything. Yeah, you see that that's one of the that's one of the reasons why she doesn't like um entrepreneurship. <laughs> I, I don't like the nitty gritty. I like yeah. everything. I'll be struggling about his sound working and sound yeah, working. But, but yes, guys, we're promising you. Um, we are half promising you no, 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 more I, consistency, I, I, but yeah. definitely better sound. Better sound, hundred yeah, percent. Even though we're not in the same place now, I'm in Nigeria. Like you know, like most of our listeners, and a lot you know, of you know, if I was, if I was, like the other part of the so listeners, I was in the UK me. for eight weeks. Oh, allow me. I was doing an exam. Okay, like if I, before you, you said after your exams, you are going. Allow me. Let's not get into it because allow me. Say we visit me. He did not. But let's not fight on the podcast. Okay, happy family, guys. Happy yeah. family. Thank you so much for listening. We, I know we're all over the place today, but that's because this was supposed to be like our reintroduction back to you guys, back to the podcast. So, you know, welcome back to the bar, guys. Missed you guys. We hope you missed us. We really appreciate everyone who takes the time to listen, everyone who takes the time to share. Alamde, any last word? Well, I'm going to have the last word, but any almost last words for the people? Thank you for listening. Um, please like comment and share thank you thank you guys as always from ife from alamade from the bar thank you for bearing my name oh oh my god from <laughs> <Ife and Olamide. laughs> bye guys bye